Hey there, and welcome to Reaching Out with Michael Constable. I'm your host, Michael, and Reaching Out is a podcast on a mission to make coming out easier through story sharing. In this week's episode, we chat with a new friend of mine and the first fellow Michigander on the podcast, Ames Ghani. Ames and I met a few months ago when we were both traveling through Mexico City, and shortly after meeting, we found ourselves deep in a conversation about our coming out stories. Honestly, classic me. Ames tells us what it was like growing up as an Arab American in a predominantly Arab American community and how that influenced the course of his coming out. We also chat about his strategy for coming out to those people that you feel might not handle the news so well, how he had the self-awareness to get into therapy before he came out in order to help him sort through the complex feelings and emotions for being in the closet, and he even highlights some of the benefits, yes, you heard me right, benefits of coming out later in life. As someone who came out at 28, I loved his perspective on this so much. Ames is such a lovely and kind person, I'm so excited for you to hear his story. Also, I wanted to share that if you're interested in sharing your story on Reaching Out, I now have a way for you to let me know. Head on over to Reaching Out's Instagram page, at reachingoutpod, and in the link in bio, there is a form that you can fill out to let me know you're interested. It'll just ask you a few questions so that I can get to know you and your story a little bit better, but shouldn't take too long to fill out. Thank you so much for those who have already submitted. Though I haven't emailed you all back yet, I have been keeping track and will reach out shortly. And now, without further ado, here's my talk with Ames. Enjoy! Welcome back to another episode of Reaching Out. I am really excited to introduce our guest today. This is someone I just met in uh, my favorite place in the world, Mexico City. And so I'm so excited to have him here with us today. Please welcome Ames Ghani. Welcome, Ames. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I know. I'm so excited to have you here. We haven't uh, caught up in a little bit, but um, like I said, like I just told the audience, we, we met in Mexico City, my favorite place in the entire world. Um, and I'm super excited to have you here. We, we ended up meeting and pretty quickly after, after meeting, we started getting somehow, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I'm assuming I brought it up, but pretty shortly after we started talking, we got into coming out stories, which is par for the course for having conversations with me, I guess. Um, (laughs) uh, and we, we, I know we like quickly bonded over a couple of parts because we had. I think we had some similarities in our coming out stories. And you're also from Michigan, too. It's you're the first person that I've had on the show from Michigan, which I'm really excited about. Uh, so, yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. I love that. Yeah, I think it was funny that we're like in Mexico City and like the two people from Michigan somehow just ended up hanging out. That yeah, day. it yeah. happened. It, I guess Michigan people just find each other, I guess. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, it's definitely um, but you're not in Michigan anymore. You're in you're in Chicago, right? Yes, I live in Chicago. I've been here for the last three and a half, going on four years. Uh, but this is now home. Work here, live here. Nice. Yeah. Uh, do you? Yeah. Do you want to just kind of piggybacking off of that? Do you want to give a quick intro to the audience? Yes, sure. So my name is Ames. Uh, I am a creative. I work in digital marketing. That's kind of my day job. Um, I grew up in Michigan in a town called Dearborn, Michigan, which is right outside of Detroit. Uh, Moved to Chicago about, or went to Ann Arbor for school at the University of Michigan, studied film, uh, and then moved out here to Chicago for work about three and a half years ago and kind of just have been hanging out and living here since then. And protecting yourself from from the cold, it sounds like. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I can't say that I fully miss, I do miss the Midwest sometimes. I can't say that I fully miss the cold though. Like, I know. It's like like a year. It's like one more year, I think. And then I'm like, I need to yeah. do something warm. I, and I think I've grown a little bit soft too, because uh, even to the, just this morning before our call, I went out, to, like I was telling you before, I went out to get coffee and it was like 48 degrees, I think my watch said. And I like basically power walked as fast as I possibly could. And my, my eyes were like crying. Like I couldn't handle it. I'm like, 
what what have I become? This was like nothing. This was like 48 uh-huh. degrees was borderline, you know, back in college when that's when people would be like on the front lawns of like their sorority, their sorority houses in their <laughs> bathing, in their bathing suits, like getting a tan. Um, and so it's, it's just spring it, weather, like ready to go. I know everyone always has that. They're like, you're from Michigan, so you should be used to like the cold. Oh, yes. Like, I'm like, I'm really not. There's something about like walking around in it because in Michigan I had a car and like it was but no chicago has like a specific kind of cold yeah like also city life yeah like you just said is completely different when you're yeah. forced to walk everywhere and you're not in a car exactly and your face yeah. is hurting while you're just walking down the street yeah your face is just constantly in pain <laughs> um yeah so i would love to let's dive into your coming out story tell us where does it start for you i think it's really fun and i was just mentioning this to you before as well as it's fun to see where where people where people kind of start their coming out stories. So where did, where does yours begin? Yeah. Wow. That's, I was thinking about this, like right before we hopped on, I like don't have like a chronological story cause it's like all over the place, but yeah. Um, I guess I'll start from like when I knew, I, I think that's probably a good idea. Right. So I kind yeah. of, start, uh, I would say like right around puberty, like when I was like 12, 13, like I started realizing I'm not attracted to women. Like that was just like a clear kind of thing for me uh so I think consciously like for myself that's when I acknowledged it and was aware that that was like a thing um and then from then like you know had my whole middle school years like was built up this ability to kind of hide that and not want to like kind of face it um but I'd say like that's when I first realized that's when it was like the, the beginning of the story for me so when you that's interesting. So when you say you were 12, 13 and you you knew you weren't attracted to women, was there any sort of or did you feel pressure to like try to see if you could make it happen? Like, you're yeah. like you know, maybe I just haven't met. You know, for me, I think the constant thing I told myself for 28 years was I just haven't met the right one. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like still like. I, even though like I knew I wasn't, I still tried to make it like, I tried to give myself hope that it might happen someday. Did you have anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely had that in the sense of like, I had girlfriends like in middle school, like you always have. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> first little relationships. So I was always like, okay, I had like girls would show interest in me and like, it would be a whole thing where I'm like, okay, I have to like keep up this appearance. So I would like date girls or like have that whole little moment where you kind of just like are selling the narrative, I guess, where you're trying to do everything you can to not kind of, bring attention to yourself but I mean at the same time I was like in theater and like had all of these interests that were slightly different than what the majority of I guess boys in my school had um so there was always already kind of this lens on me of like wait there's something a little different about this guy you know what I mean so it's like I kind of uh put a little more effort when girls were showing interest in me when I was like you know whatever like 13 14 to be like okay I'm gonna like have these little relationships to like help cover up what's going on oh sure it's like covering your tracks almost it's like (laughs) trying to like blend in and all of that did you so when you uh just one more question about that so when you you knew you weren't attracted to women did you and you were i mean 12 13 that's like pretty young so i'm even not sure if this was if you even knew like what gay meant really at the time because usually when you're using it at that age it's you're just using it as to like call something stupid um but did you were you was there like an attraction to guys at that point or or like to the boys you know or to to the boys to boys in general or like um what was it was there any sort of inklings around that 
Yeah, for sure. Like there was definitely like, it, you know, it's kind of the same trajectory that you would think there's, you know, the heteronormative idea that like you start having crushes and all of that. Like that was something I was aware of, but it was like, yeah. I just pushed it all the way down of like, this is not right kind of thing. Sure. Um, so it just kind of became this game of for myself, you know, no one's ever going to know this. I'm just going to like put up this appearance of being straight and then moving forward without having to like talk about it or face it but like I'm sure people around me especially just based on like you know like I love Britney Spears and had my entire locker like kind of decorated in posters so like there there was people knew like at some level you know what I mean so I think for me it was like I needed to balance that out with like making sure everything else in my life wasn't I guess no one else could find out from my demeanor and yeah like, yeah yeah that's that's fair how yeah. I guess how did it I guess as you like grew, started growing up and like getting through middle school, like what was, what was high school? How did that, what did that look like for you? Uh, so I grew up just like a bit of a background. I grew up in Dearborn, Michigan, which has like a predominantly Arab American community there. And uh, I'm Lebanese and, you know, kind of grew up in a, uh, an Arab American family. So the high school that I went to was predominantly Arab American. And like, there was like this cultural kind of base to everything, which is really beautiful in a lot of ways. Cause like we all kind of share the same, you know, customs and food. And like, there's like just little inside jokes that you have about the way like the community is. It's like a really kind of, there's like a, a great side to it. Uh, but there's also something there in terms of like, there weren't, there was no representation in my high school of anyone who was gay. There was no um, kind of, I guess, for lack of a better word, like education or resources around it where I went to high school. So once I started, it was just like going to school with a lot more people than what I was used to. And just like this whole new nervous kind of energy around like, all right, I need to like establish who I am in this new environment and make sure that I'm keeping up that appearance that I kind of started earlier of just making sure that, um, you know, like for me, like keeping that guard up and that shield so that no one would know that I was gay. Like that was like a big thing for me starting high school. Um, but I was like a theater kid and that was like kind of the cornerstone of my high school experience is that kind of saved me. Like there was a huge community there around it. And like, we all had our own little like group um and it was interesting because like our theater program wasn't the typical theater program like we had you know guys from the football team on in theater and we had you know just people from all different uh sections of the school so it was kind of cool to have this like diverse group that it felt supportive even though i wasn't being open with them fully about who i was it was just a, like a safe space uh so that was that was high school for me um i think i grew up in rochester which i believe is like not very far from dearborn my geography my geography of, of of like the Detroit area is like surprisingly terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, I can. I mean, I can point on the hand, but like when people start asking me like how far away were these places, I'm like, oh, I have no, absolutely no idea. I like give a direction. I'm just like I, I get in a car and I know 40 minutes later I'm there. So yeah, it's like... I just assume everything's like 40 minutes away. Um, <laughs> so like we grew up like pretty close, like yeah, like with I would say on the conservative side within like an hour for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think very different different like demographics of people because I felt like my, where I grew up it was Rochester is like predominantly white middle class and just just not diverse I, at least that's how it felt to me looking back was there a lot of diversity at your school in terms of demographics or um, was it predominantly um, Arab American that's a good question I like I was just talking to a friend about this it was predominantly Arab American for sure I would say I mean I would say like 75 percent Arab American definitely like in the like the side of town we were on. Um, but we did have some diversity. Like it wasn't just completely that. And I think that especially in the theater department and like in that group that I was a part of, like there was a lot of diversity. So I did have that. Um, 
so yeah, it was interesting because it's like technically I'm like part of this minority, but like in my town and like this environment that I'm growing up and I never felt that. Like it never yeah. felt like I was part of this minority. Um, and then like when I was about 12, 13, I like got a talent agent. I was like into acting and would like go to Southfield. I don't know if you knew like. Yeah. Oh yeah, I played I played many a football game against Southfield. That's so funny. Yeah. So like I go to like acting class there like twice a week and like I built this other community outside of Dearborn. So I had this reference point for like, what outside of this bubble kind of was which was interesting. so i had this like dual experience but um yeah there was diversity but it, it's not your typical experience it's definitely like a very specific like community and i would love to dive into for just for listeners who might not be aware and also for myself just so i have a better understanding too like yeah. you mentioned you you mentioned that you grew up uh or you're arab american and you grew up in an environment that was predominantly arab american what was that like in terms of, or what does that mean in terms of like being open to gay people or just, you know, even just like the environment that uh, it fosters for somebody feeling comfortable to come out? Could you provide a little like insight yeah. insight into what that looks like? For sure. I think there's like a lot of um, thoughts around this and there's a lot of thoughts around like the Arab community, especially as it comes to being gay and coming out to your family. And it, you know, there are different barriers, I think, that exist for, you know, um, people who are in the LGBTQ community who are Arab because there are cultural norms and things that do kind of, you have to navigate a little differently. Um, I can say for me that, um, you know, I did come out later. I, I came out when I was like 27 to friends and that was like a slow process for me. And I only came out to my family about two years ago and, you know, came out to my mom, my dad and my brother all separately because I want to give them their time to kind of process that. But I think, you know, all in all, like the react, the, way I've navigated it and their reaction has been good. And I think that a lot of times when I tell people that I'm Arab American and that like I'm gay and that I've come out to my family, there's almost like this, like, oh my God, how was that for you? Like, like it's this other thing. Um, but I think there are a lot of accepting families. Like I have a lot of friends who are gay and who are Arab who have had great coming out experiences. Um, I think the biggest issue comes in when um, they think of like the broader community and when they think of the, like their broader family. Like I think for my parents, like their biggest concern when I came out to them was like, how are their siblings going to react? How is the wider family going to react? Because there is a conservative religious undertone with kind of my extended family. And I think that is where a lot of the um, like uh, the difference comes, you know, it's just like, it's not as open. Like when we look at, you know, Muslim countries and, and, those like environments it's not as far along in terms of gay rights and i think that has translated in some respect uh to the arab american experience but i think in dearborn just from what i've seen and a lot of my friends who are from there who are gay uh it's like surprisingly very reassuring that um there is a space like in the arab world especially like with accepting parents and with the new generation that that has shifted and i think that there it's important for that miscon misconception to shift because i think it um it's not always true. Like my mom had a great reaction. My brother, who's like stereotypical, like football player from high school, like, you know, normal, like Arab American dude had such a good reaction. And I think that um, that was the biggest surprise for me. I was like worried about what those reactions would be. And like, just thinking about those moments, it's like, I'm glad that I had that, that experience. Yeah. That looking back, just the, I remember the fear of telling certain people yeah. and then it sounds you probably had a similar reaction with your your mom and your brother. It sounds like 
I remember feeling a little bad, uh, like guilty when there were certain people that I was afraid to come out to and their reaction was like way better than I anticipated. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in my mind, I was like ready to like go to battle. Yeah, you have like, all your <laughs> points you have to make, like all, yeah, I know. Yeah you're, like, yeah, you're like, exactly. And then they're like, oh my God, I still love you no matter, like, and then you're like, oh wow, I'm an asshole for just, a, assuming, <laughs> for just assuming that you were going to react horribly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I had that experience. I mean, like the only, like my dad had the not best reaction at first and like, like basically sat him down, like, and I was like, you know, just told him I wasn't interested in women. Like that was the way I kind of went about saying it is I didn't even say like, that was just the way I put it. Um, and he, like his initial reaction is like, I don't know this is right. Like that was his thing. And I had this like moment where it was like time stood still. And I was like, I can either get really upset right now and like go in hard and kind of just like tell him why he's wrong. Or I can like hold some space around it and be calm and explain to him, what's happening and like what like when this all kind of because I think for him he thought it was like a new sudden thing I'm deciding to do and just like all of a sudden (laughs) yeah like I just woke up and I was like hey by the way this is like a new thing I'm doing but um no I'm trying out this new thing (laughs) yeah just like I heard about it I read about it uh yeah no he like by the like an hour and a half we had this conversation for an hour and a half and by the end of it he was it was all good I think um it's just the, the biggest thing that sticks with me from that is him saying like, I just don't want my like extended family in Lebanon to find out. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know these people. I've never met them. Like, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, but uh, it's just interesting for them because they grew up in a different world, essentially, like what's important, you know? And I think for them, it's like the idea of family and shame. And of course, there's, you know, a lot around that when it comes to being gay, especially in the Arab world is like the shame that the family has from the extended family or from the community. And I think that that also exists in all kind of communities, but uh, for him, that was like a concern. Wait, I would love to hear a little bit more about that because what you just said really resonates with me because I had similarly had a situation coming out to my dad where there was a, there just comments made. And I don't think at the time, cause I, this was like during the actual like coming out to, to him, you know, at the time, my concern was just like to it to not go horribly. And so basically yeah. anything he could have said, anything that didn't involve like shouting. And I would have been like, wow, this is the perfect reaction. So like at the yeah. time, I don't think that I I really registered it. But similar comment looking back, similar comments were made about the. Not wanting certain people in the family to oh, learn. I didn't know that. OK. And. So I, I'm interested to hear you say that as well, because it sounds like he didn't he didn't want the extended family to find out. And at the time I was like, oh yeah, totally. Like whatever. Like I just you're react, you're like not mad. So I we're gonna roll with this. But yeah. then looking back, I'm like, it kind of felt looking back, and it and the comments were made again, which is why it, it finally registered like months, like maybe a year after, uh, over a year after similar comments were made. And then I, at that point I had gotten more comfortable with it and gave a little bit less fucks about like if yeah, people yeah. didn't, didn't like, weren't supportive of it and not right. saying he wasn't supportive, but comment, the same comments were made about certain people in the family, like not wanting to find out, not him, not wanting them to find out. And at that point, my mindset had shifted. And also this is like a random side note, but right before this phone call, um, have you ever seen love Victor? Yeah. Of course. So, <laughs> so in season one, 
there is this point where Victor finally stands up to like his homophobic grandpa and dad and he, and he, and he goes off on them. And I had just watched that moment or that scene right before this call. And so, and so I was, I was amped up, I was fired up. And, uh, and so he said it again and, uh, about the family members, not him, not wanting them to find out. Yep. And I was just like, no, like I got really, I got really heated. Like, I got pretty, I'm, I don't get heated very often, but I like, I got pretty heated and I was just like, I'm not doing that because ba- I felt like that basically it was like, go back in the closet for these specific people. Exactly. And yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not doing that. And so I would love to hear kind of how that experience was for you and like how that made you feel. Yeah. So it happened with my mom and dad. So my mom kind of said her thing was like, I want to be the one to tell them, like, please don't tell anyone else yet. You know? Uh, and what I said to her was like, that's fine. But like, I, I, in that moment, I had done enough work and had been processing how I wanted to handle this, that I was able to say like, I'm not hiding my life. Like this, that was my reaction to that is like, you can do that. And I understand your concern around it, but like, this is something that I'm not hiding. Like I'm going to have a family one day. I'm going to be very public about my life. Um, and I said the same thing to him. I was like, I hear you, but like, I don't, I want you to know that I'm not changing my life around that. Like just basically letting him know that I'm going to be living publicly and openly and not have to like hold myself back at all. And he respected that, uh, since then, I mean, like, honestly, like his family lives in Lebanon. So I, I, there's no way that I have any contact with them besides like when they're on FaceTime and they just like throw a phone at me to like, say hi to like your aunt or someone that I've never met. But, uh, my mom's family, I like grew up with and like, that's like kind of like my core family. And um, I have a cousin who's gay, who's three years younger than me. And like, he was outed to the family about like maybe six years ago, I would say. And I saw the reaction that the extended family had to him being gay. And it was like, you know, I had some aunts and uncles who were cool and like the ones that I expected to kind of be supportive. Um, But there was, you know, a few that are like, the louder voices that were like really intensely against it. So like, I kind of know what I, I knew what I was up against. Like I internalized that when I saw that kind of coming out. So um, my concern isn't with like their reaction. It's more so like with my parents and like how they're affected by that. Like I've always kind of like, like understood that, but uh, yeah, I guess for me, it was just letting them know, like I get that people are going to react badly to this or they may not, but I'm not changing my life based on that. Yeah. And, and I, I think that parents, you know, I think at the end of the day, parents have, they want to protect their kids and like they have their, they have our best interests in mind. So I think that it comes from a a good place, especially like your mom, maybe wanting to deliver the news. Maybe she wanted to shield any sort of, if there was any sort of, you know, any negative sentiment around it, you know, she would take it versus you having to take it from your family. So it's like, you know, and I didn't realize when I was, on this phone call, I did not have that for it. Like I did not have the wherewithal to see that. So I was just in full love, Victor, like, let's go. Uh, but looking back, I, and it sounds like maybe, you know, probably with your story too, it sounds like, you know, parents, they want to protect their kids. They, and I, and looking back, I think that's exactly what my dad was doing. Cause there were certain people that I think could have had some nasty react, nasty reactions potentially. And so I think it was a, <laughs> and so I think it was like a, I want to shield you from this, but, you know, sometimes people don't have the vocabulary around, you know, sometimes I find family, especially from, you know, different generations don't have the vocabulary to really articulate in a way that is like comforting. And it just kind of comes off, 
you have to like kind of read through the, you know, read between the lines a little bit. I'm fine. Yeah. So you really do. And I think I've thought about that. Like my parents are immigrants. They can't, you know, my mom came here when she was like 24 and like, um, you know, literally grew up in a village in Lebanon with 10 siblings in like one small home. Like it's like a very different experience than what I've, I've had. Uh, and I think I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, actually, like the idea that she was able to like fully understand my experience coming from, you know, what, where she started, it's kind of amazing. Like she's really been able to like have this open mind and she's someone that's like, she's always been super supportive of me, both of them, both of my parents have. So I think coming out to them, I always knew it was never going to be a thing of like, you know, like get out of the house or like that thing that a lot of people have experienced. So I think for me, it was just like, having that baseline of understanding that they do care about me and they do have my best interests at heart and like will protect me against if anything is coming my way even as like you know when i came out to them as a 28 year old so it's like interesting to to see that full circle moment for me it is for sure and you're i think i remember you telling me this your your mom and her all of her siblings live in dearborn right like you're yeah most of them so one lives in dearborn most of them live like you know rochester like the surrounding like sterling heights the surrounding kind of Southeast Michigan area. Uh, but yeah, like they're pretty tight. She has three siblings that are still in Lebanon. They're actually, she's going back to Lebanon for the first time in like almost 30 years. Like she hasn't been back since she came here. Oh my gosh. Uh, so she's going back in July, which is like a big kind of, they're all going together. It's like this big moment of like them going back. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Uh, it's like, are you, bit. are you not going with them? She's trying to convince me I might be in Europe at the time. So I might hop over and, and see what the deal is. I mean, it's beautiful. Lebanon was like gorgeous, you know, yeah. coast, and it's like a really cool place. So I might, I might do it. We'll see. Um, I miss uh, what you just said really just triggered a like travel memory. It's like, I miss being able to say, Oh yeah, I'll just like hop over. Yeah. You're like in, you're like in Amsterdam. You're like, Oh yeah, I'll just like hop over to Lebanon. <laughs> <laughs> a quick little flight. <laughs> I don't even know how long that flight. I think it's like, was it like four hours from Paris. That's probably really wrong. But yeah, it's closer than it is. <laughs> I haven't looked at a map. I haven't looked at like Skyscanner in so long. I don't know how close anything is anymore. <laughs> We're all just like in this weird haze after the last two I know. Years. I know. I'm hoping this summer is is the return of maybe some right. some Europe travel for me too. I'm sure that Mexico trip where I met you was like the first time I actually was out and about. So it was nice to finally do things again. Yeah, first that was my first international trip uh, since pre pre-covid yeah. as well good one i feel like yeah. that was a first like trip yeah it was um yeah. so you alluded or you told us that you came out at 27 and then you gave us some um insight into your middle school high school experience what what kind of happened was there any sort of what kind of growth i'm assuming there was some growth to be able to finally come out at 27 so could you explain to us like kind of what happened between maybe like college and um yeah. and 27 that got you to a point where you were ready to come out to your, to your friends at first? Yeah, that's a good question. So I had like a non-traditional path after high school. Um, I spent four years like pursuing camera or pursuing camera, spent four years pursuing on-camera work and like doing like just acting stuff in Southeast Michigan. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go to college right away. So I was doing like part-time classes. Um, then I went to LA when I was like 24, I would say like around that time. And then that's when I visited my cousin who's out and gay in, in California. So it was my first time going to like a gay bar, even though I was in the closet. And like, I was just kind of, it's the first time I saw the queer community in a way that like I had never seen before. Uh, so I had this like deep reckoning within me, like even though I'm out my cut or like out to myself, 
Um, but like out and about in like the gay community in LA, like I still wasn't, you know, dating or like openly gay to anyone. Um, my cousin definitely knew, but like, you know, it wasn't kind of like, I didn't talk to him about it. So when I came back, I had this like huge reckoning moment where I was like back in Dearborn, like, you know, like I was at my parents and I was like, I need to like figure this out. It's like, either I'm like going to be depressed and like stay in this state of mind forever. I need to figure it out. So it was like this pushing myself to the limit of like, what am I going to do? And then I just applied for film school in Ann Arbor. And at the same time, I'd applied for this job in the marketing department at the university. Um, simultaneously, I was like, I'm getting a therapist. Like, I just like had this idea that I'm like, I want to like, just like explore like that avenue. Cause I had done a lot of soul searching and just research into the psychology. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to do this. No one in my family has ever talked about mental health. Like therapy is not a thing that like, uh, is normal in my family, which I think is the like common, like most families that I know, most, most uh, friends I have. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like a thing. So then I was like, I remember writing the email to the therapist and I accidentally sent it. Like I hit, like it just accidentally sent. I wasn't even finished doing it. I was like, shoot, now I have to like actually, like do this because I was a little nervous, but yeah, long story short, moved to Ann Arbor, went to school there, um, started therapy, started exploring kind of like my shields. And I think being removed from Dearborn and having my first apartment alone, uh, even though I went to college like a little later in life, it was like this like safe space for me to kind of unpack a lot of things, be in this whole new community that is very liberal in, in Ann Arbor. Um, and at the same time, like within a week and a half, I think of like being in Ann Arbor, I like met this guy online who I started kind of like, we started this, we basically were dating and he lived out of state. And like, that was my first time having like an emotional connection with a guy. And he was in the same situation. Like he's like, you know, from the South and like, it was very different than my experience, but also similar in a lot of ways. And I think that uh, that was the first time I emotionally like opened up to like a guy and started accepting like that whole thing different but similar that's like that is that's really the idea behind this whole podcast so I, you just hit it on the nail on the head yeah. is i what i find so fascinating about coming out stories and you like can have these connections with people bonding over your situations that are very different like dearborn michigan versus the south very different <laughs> but this there's like these underlying commonalities that just kind of Yep. are shown throughout each story um i don't know and especially when you're coming out it makes it the world feel so it makes the gay world feel so much smaller it makes there feel like a little bit more of like a a little bit of like a sense of community that you know everyone's no matter who you are you've probably gone through some shit and you know very to varying degrees but there are still just like these common things that most people you know people everybody went through like everybody felt different at some point um you know most people had trouble with their family and coming out to their family and and all yeah. that stuff. So uh, I found that to be what you just described with the, this guy that you uh, started seeing like that. That's exactly, that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, I think that's amazing. It was definitely like a pivotal moment for me just because like, like you said, like you just have someone who's mirroring it back to you, your experience. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, since then, obviously I've had, I like to go deep pretty quickly with people that I meet. So it's like nice to hear coming out stories. And it's like, there's always a common thread, no matter what community culture you come from. It's like, there's always these things that like we have. And I think that's what makes the, the community so great is that we all have this like common, like core that kind of yeah. like bonds us. Like shared experience. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess, yeah, you can confirm you like to go, you like going deep because of course, within, like I said before, like within <laughs> like 20 minutes, we're talking about, we're sharing our coming out stories. Yeah. <laughs> it was a mezcal. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> mezcal does it too. Um, so I guess 
once you were out or you were in film school and you had started, um, you know, you had your first emotional uh, connection with a guy. Mm-hmm. What did the actual coming out process look like for you? How did you, how did yeah. you go about that? So, yeah, Anna Narber like had created this connection. It was like a long distance thing. He had come to visit me a few times. So like I had this new experience of like being with a guy and then, um it felt weird to me that like my closest friends both in Dearborn and some of the ones that I had developed in Ann Arbor like didn't know this about me so like I like started formulating a plan of like how I was going to tell everyone so like I had gone back to Dearborn and like one of my good friends um she and I were like driving I think it was like it must have been like it was late at night we like had dinner and then I was like I'm just gonna tell her we're like in a car and I have this theme that's like really funny that I look back on it's like all of my friends for some reason I came out to them like while they were driving or while we were in a car it was like a thing so uh I just like to I we were in a car I like just basically told her I was like hey like I'm I was like I'm gay there's like you know I've started kind of like talking to this guy like basically just open up to her and she is like the most uh amazing supportive like human I knew telling her like she was going to be an ally she had gone to Ann Arbor before she like is very like uh, supportive of the community so I like it was just like this emotional like lifetime movie moment we cried we had like a whole thing uh so that was like the first time and then from there it was just kind of like a trickle effect of telling all of my other friends um and then like I remember like telling one of my like straight guy friends who was like one of my best friends in high school like I was really nervous to tell him but I remember like the first thing I told him was that I was bi because I was like too nervous to like just straight up tell him that I was gay and then like 10 minutes later I was like no I'm just lying I'm like actually gay and he's like he's like I know he's like I just was waiting for you to like have your moment and process that 10 minutes uh, later so, yeah exactly. <laughs> in my driveway uh and this was like again was, in the car <laughs> yeah, in the car again and I was like back from Ann Arbor just like and it was always when I was like visiting um and then obviously I told my cousin we were like in a park at night I was like having like a we were just like doing this walk like we were walking and then uh, he was obviously very supportive, but yeah. So like coming out to friends first happened at like, I would say like 26, 27. Um, and like I said, I went back to college later. So it was kind of this like interesting experience that I think a lot of people have when they're like 19, 20, but for me, it was just like a little later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like that happened. And then I didn't come out to family until like two years after that, um, which was like Thanksgiving when I went back to visit. So like after moving to Chicago, how was the, how is the family? Yeah, that was like very nerve wracking. I think it was like one of those things where I was like, I just need to pull the bandaid off and do this. Um, so I told them all separately. Um, I have one brother, like I said, my mom and my dad. So it was me and my mom alone. She was the first person I told. We were like sitting in the living room uh, and we were like talking about my grandmother who uh, was amazing, like, you know, grew up in Lebanon, had all of these struggles. And like, I knew her as this like, really happy like nurturing woman but like when she was younger and when my mom was a kid she was like very stern and like very like like kind of strict on them so my mom was telling me like she feels like her relationship or in that moment she was telling me like we're having this conversation and she was like I feel like your relationship like the one we have is like so open it's not like what I had with your grandmother and I was like so you feel like I can tell you anything that was like kind of the perfect segue into like me just telling her and the way I said it was the same like I'm not interested in women and she was like genuinely shocked which was shocking to me because I felt like she like at least had an idea uh but she was like you know had a great reaction like I still love you like um uh, she was just in shock like a little surprised by it um and then she kind of told me the thing about wanting to tell the rest of the family and asking me like who else knows kind of thing so I think she was trying to like um figure out a plan for how to attack that yeah Yeah. oh that's interesting your mom that's so funny your mom was shocked yeah, I know, right? Because like we were watching like Bravo together, and she like calls me like updates about the house. So I'm like, how do? You, what do you mean? Like, how do you not know? I'm helping her like design the house. It's just 
there, I think there's like a cultural thing there. I think, you know, she grew up in, in Lebanon and like a, she didn't have a TV growing up, like in the literal village, like I said. So I think there are maybe cultural cues that she might not have been able to pick oh, up Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That I go back to, but I'm at the same time, like maybe she was a little in denial. Like, yeah. Yeah. But that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about like the cultural, maybe there is like some culture. Yeah. The cultural cues that that would make, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 She like, I think it just like it flew over her head, but then, you know, we had like a really good conversation and I told her I was going to come out to my brother and my dad. And she was like, so nervous for me to do that. Like, I don't think you should come out to your brother right now. She was like afraid he was going to have a bad reaction. Cause like when we were younger, we had like a good relationship, but like he was always a little antagonistic. Cause I think he knew I was gay and like, was the complete opposite of me. Like he's on the football team, like six, four, like that whole thing. So I had to like deal with uh, that. So like, I was a little, little nervous to tell him, but him actually coming out to him is like the funniest, also most surprising supportive experience. So yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Um, How was it? And how was it for your dad? Yeah. um, So brother went to his house. I walk into his house. He's watching like this mob movie, of course, like everyone's like, you know, getting murdered. It's like this intense thing. I'm like, I have to come out to him in this moment, which is very fitting. Uh, he's <laughs> like, It was hilarious. So then uh, the movie finally ends the entire movie. I'm just like nervous. I'm like, I need to figure out the right moment to tell him. And then finally was just like, Hey, I have to tell you, I think I had like an out of body experience because I was like super nervous. So I just kind of like, I think I said like, I'm gay. And like, I've been, I just hold mom and I want you to know too kind of thing. And then his reaction was like, that takes balls to like tell me and like if anyone fucks with you let me know kind of yes. thing. So I was like, it, was, it was cute it was really cute and then uh, so then I, I was like I had to tell dad and he was like he, like my dad some background on him he's like the most happy-go-lucky supportive guy like he will like give you the shirt off his back kind of thing um but like like we have emotional conversations and he's a type of person that like truly asks you like how are you doing like how are things going like are you stressed at work like he's very empathetic in that way uh but we had never had any discussions around relationships obviously or like that whole thing uh so when I went back home that night he came home and I told my mom I was like I want you to like come maybe like leave the room so he's like alone doesn't feel the pressure of you being there so he can kind of like talk to me and she was worried she's like what if he genuinely has a heart attack in this moment like she was worried about that yeah so she's like in the kitchen listening. Me and him are sitting on the couch. I kind of said it the same way I said to her, like I'm not interested in women. And then he was like, he just like genuinely was quiet for like 10 seconds, which was a little horrifying. And then the like, longest 10 seconds of your life, probably. Yeah, exactly. And then like turns to me and he's like, I'm not sure if this is right. He was really shocked. Like, I feel like if my mom couldn't pick up on cultural cues and she's watching Bravo all day, he definitely can't do it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he just like, so he doesn't think it's right and then we had this hour and a half long conversation about me opening up to him about like my anxieties when I was a kid and like how so much of my stressors and things were around this and me not being able to be open and then he like clicked for him you know because I think he had been there for some of like the moments where I was really stressed or like just having anxiety and he didn't know why so I think he's like he was like kind of putting the pieces together in real time and figuring out okay this is like what my son has been going through uh which for me was great because like the conversation really turned around by the end of it and he was like I love you and you know his main concerns were the family thing and for me I was like I'm gonna like take it slow with him and let him take his time to process this um which I think was all in all a really good you know strategy I really like that that strategy of you know being patient and going into it and like knowing that it might take time um because it can get I mean it can feel when you when you're having to feel like you have to defend who you are and 
you know, to somebody it gets really tiring and, you know, it can get combative. And so I think you can be really triggered by that. I think for me, I had done a lot of work prior, like for the month leading up to that, like in therapy with friends, like I knew I was going to be doing this. So I was like able to kind of like dress rehearse all of the triggers that could happen. Um, I think it's important that like for those who do have that moment where they're like pissed off and totally like, like that is beyond valid to like have that moment. Cause like I've played that out in my mind where I was like, I could, I know exactly what I want to say. Like, I'm, I'm so enraged that you would even say that, like all of that. Um, I think if I had come out younger, I would, it would have been very messy. Like, I don't think I would have had the emotional, like intelligence and capability to like navigate it the way I did. Uh, but yeah, no, I was just like really prepared in that moment for whatever was going to happen. Wait, that's a, that's a really good point too. Uh, that resonate that resonates with me since we both came out in our, in our later twenties. Um, sometimes there are times where I feel sad about not having coming out, not having come out earlier, yeah, Same. but there's also times when I think to the point, to your point just now, I do feel like I was able to go through the process in a better headspace than I would have yeah. if I did in my early twenties or even my, I can't even imagine coming out in my teens. Like that sounds, <laughs> that sounds like unfathomable to me. Uh, like I, I love when people are able to do that, but when I look back at my life, I'm like, there is no way in hell I would have been able to come out at 18. Uh, but yeah, I just think that I, I sometimes have, I, I am sometimes comforted by the thought of, you know what, I, this process was, or I was able to go through this process in a, in a way, in a more graceful way than I think I would have done if I had come out earlier, just from being more mature. I, I love that you went to therapy before you get like before I didn't have that foresight. I didn't come out and go to start going to therapy until a little bit after I came out, but um, that must've been a huge help. I would have, I would have imagined it's funny because I was like in therapy for like eight months before I told her I was gay which is hilarious like, oh really it, it took me so long to do that because it just goes to show what that barrier is like, like even when you're like out of oh, your yeah. hometown, you're like you know starting to date and do all that you still have that shield up so it was like but as soon as it did yeah like therapy really helps create this space where I was like able to explore it and figure out what it meant and at the same time I was like consuming a lot of like um content from like gay creators on youtube and like just across the board and like just seeing that representation for me was so pivotal because like prior to that like what we had like will and grace and like that was all i had you know yeah. i didn't have uh, anything else and seeing like real life people vlogging and just living their gay lives was like very pivotal for me and um yeah that was like a big part of it that i had forgot to mention earlier but it was just seeing that representation yeah i I feel like I felt the exact same way. I feel like most people probably have that moment or that, that era where they are finally out either to themselves or to other people. And then they go yeah. into this rabbit hole of just trying to consume like as much yeah. gay yeah. queer content it. as they can. And that's, that's honestly how it's become now. I'm like, if there's not a gay character in the show, I'm probably not watching yeah. it. Like, I, <laughs> I always ask that. When someone recommends a show, I'm like, is there any gay characters? Yeah, I, like, I do. I have one current exception and I am, into the new love is blind season and there's no, oh God, I just watched it. That's <laughs> hilarious. I just watched it with my cousin. It's ridiculous. I just started last night. Yeah. Yeah. They're all from Chicago. Like all the people from Chicago. So I was yeah. like, what's going on here? Yeah. Everyone is from Chicago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like, if there's not gay, if it's not a gay plot line or at least a gay character, like I'd probably not watch it. Um, but yeah, that's when I like got in, I started getting into like, I was binging like pose and all of yeah. these documentaries yeah. and just, you know, trying to consume as much as possible. Also, I didn't realize that there 
was as much gay content available as there was. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Because I I think I just put up like a such a barrier to it Mm -hmm. and just blinders. And then once I came out, I was like, no, you can't like click it. Like it's in your internet history. Like, no, you can't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A specific example. I I was sharing a friend's HBO login. And yes. I really wanted to watch, this is when it probably a few years, like a few years before I came out and I really wanted to watch looking yeah, uh, yeah, so bad. And I remember I watched one episode and then I got so scared. Yeah. I had so much anxiety that he was going to see it and like continue watching or whatever yeah. that section is. And so I, I, I forced myself to stop watching it. And then once I came out, I finally like binged all of the looking episodes in the movie um, because I finally could, you know, and not feel that anxiety. So so funny that was like, I was just going to mention that show. That was like a big one for me. Like I watched the entire thing. I remember just like binge watching it in my apartment and like having that emotional moment of like, Oh my God, like this is a whole new world. And then, yeah, it's funny. Like we had that experience. Like I remember thinking, like, what if I was like at home in Dearborn, I would never watch like anything that could. Oh, possibly, never. You know, yeah. um, I know that show and like um, a lot of just like YouTube creators that were gay that I was watching, and uh, I can't remember what else. But yeah, there's just like a lot of content that I was consuming that really gave me the confidence to be like, okay, like I could see myself reflected in this person. It's like a three dimensional human being and not just like this caricature that's like from a '90s sitcom with like a laugh track. So I think it was nice to have like that. Yeah um like these very like limited representations yeah youtube for sure i i I am like deeply into youtube right now but for some reason i never got into i never i guess when i was coming out i wasn't as into youtube as i am now but so i didn't i never found gay youtube creators but i was i think for me it was mostly like shows and stuff um but that I should have thought about. I'm not sure why I didn't think about that. I just like happened. Like I would, I had a YouTube channel when I was like 15. Me and my cousin had launched this thing where we had like sketches and like doing like just carrying over from theater. And it was like pretty popular. So I had been in the platform and then like stopped creating, but then kept kind of using it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was just like watching coming out stories and crying at like 3 a.m. Like, you know, lifetime movie style and having that whole thing. So it was like nice to see that. Yeah. Well, first off, I'm going to need a link to your YouTube channel, obviously. <laughs> it's down. They're all private. I'll let you know if a new one launches. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but second, it makes so much sense because I mean, YouTube it is like real people. It's like yeah, exactly. everyday people. So those, those are the kind of stories for me at least that resonate the most too, when it's, when yeah. it's that. So I could totally see that being a great resource. Uh, for if you sure. have any favorites, let me know. I'll, I can link them in the, in the show yeah, notes. Sure. Yeah. I'll have to go back and like, I haven't done, I haven't been watching in a while, but yeah. yeah. Besides that, it was like a TV shows. I remember, I don't think I've ever told anyone this, but there was like this random like Australian soap opera that had like a gay Arab character on it. And I somehow like, do you know how like some YouTube channels will like only show the gay storyline of a show? Like they'll crap out like all the other stuff. So I just like watched yeah, yeah, yeah. the storyline. <laughs> and it was such a like, it was, it was interesting. It was like the first gay Arab character that I've seen. It was like this ridiculous soap opera, but it was like, kind of healing in a way oh that's awesome and i, I love that because like say you meet somebody who has actually seen that show and you're they're like trying to have a conversation about it but in yeah. your mind it's because they only cut out or they only <laughs> kept <laughs> that happened a lot like that i did that with um what was it called it was like a show that was shot here in chicago it's really popular on showtime called uh it's like really popular in Ch- anyways it's Wait, like uh on showtime showtime i think it's showtime Anyways, but it was the same situation where I watched like the entire gay storyline. Like someone was asking me like, oh, like, I'm like, I have no idea who the other characters are. Like, I just know this one. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, One other thing I wanted to chat with you about, because again, because I think just coming out later. So I I love hearing personally and in a selfish way, I love to hear 
other people's experiences who came out late. And I would love to know what, so it's, you're out, you've told your parents, you've told your friends. Um, what was the transition to like living a gay life at, in your late twenties, early thirties, even the first couple of years after you came out, what was that transition? What did that look like for you? I think it was like a gradual undoing of a lot of like subconscious shame and like the ability just to start dating. I think when I first started dating, there was still, even though I was out, there was like this kind of feeling within me that like, I almost had to like release the shame around it and still release like the uncomfortable awkwardness of like dating a guy. Um, but yeah, no, I think for me, it was like being in Chicago, like making friends and like having a community here in a sense to be able to like lean on and like just hear their stories. That has been the most kind of empowering thing for me to be able to like go out, go on dates, feel fully confident in my skin as I'm just like navigating, like being out. Um, I would say there's still like a few things I'm like kind of shedding. I still catch myself being a little like, you know, anxious around certain things or like still, I think when you have like, you know, however many years of like building up this shield between you being vulnerable and the world, it's like, it's almost like autopilot and you have to like really put the work in to release that. Uh, but all in all, I think it's been like, I'm at the point now where if someone came to me, they're like, you could be straight tomorrow. Like, that's like the biggest nightmare to me. Like, I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I don't want that. So I'm like very comfortable with like who I am now. And I think that's the biggest part for me that took a couple of years, even after coming out to friends and family, it was like, I'm fully proud and comfortable of my life and like the community. Like, I think for me, that's the biggest thing is like, there's like, it's like almost like this gift that uh, we have as um, uh, part of the community is that we're able to like have this connection that a lot of people don't have with mm -hmm. a broader group. Yeah, I agree with that. And I love, I love what you said about if someone came and asked yeah. or like could make me straight, would you want to I'm like, no, uh, <laughs> Wait, isn't it, isn't it wild? <laughs> could you imagine? Isn't it? It's so wild to me that I have this, I have had the same response that for something that we feel that strongly about that it took so long, yeah. you know, so know, long, okay. I'm, I'm going to, I'm air quoting so long because it's all, it's all relative, but um, mm -hmm. isn't it just like, it blows my mind that something that I love so much about myself, it took so long to, to get to. I know it's interesting, right? Like I remember uh, I was talking to my therapist like a few months ago and I was like, I remember being in my childhood bedroom, like I was, must've been like 13, 14, but like 14, like praying, like, please, I don't want to be gay. Like, I remember that. Like I yeah. you know, were like being very emotional about it and being like, I don't want this. Uh, so yeah, full circle moment of like being really so like proud of it. It's interesting. Yeah. It's like, it takes a while to get there. And I think for some people it's quicker in terms of their age and their time. But I think once you're there, it's like a really, really good feeling. I think that would be my biggest piece of advice for anyone who's still in the process of coming out is like, just know that moment will come. Mm -hmm. I was, yeah. wait, you just beat me to it. I was literally just going to ask if you had any advice, any, like, <laughs> any, like, what is your best advice for somebody who's in the process of coming out? I think it would be that. And then what else? Let me think. I think another piece of advice is just like, um, allow yourself to be messy, like allow yourself to be messy in the coming out process. Cause it's not going to be like all the gay movies you watch or like the stories that you hear. Don't compare your coming out to someone else's coming out because the factors that are in your story are going to be so different than what someone else has. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that can sometimes create this like almost like sadness or this like feeling like you missed out on something or that you should have done it faster or whatever it may be. Um, allow yourself just to be a hot mess and come out how you want to.
I totally agree. Allow yourself to be a hot mess and you will be, and you will be a hot mess. And that is okay. It is okay. It's good. It's like, you look back on it and it's like, you wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Yeah. I totally agree. Like I remember while you're, while you are in your hot mess phase Mm -hmm. and who am I to say mine's over, but yeah, I still have like one foot in. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't want to say I don't want to say goodbye to completely to that. Um, yeah. but even while you're in it, it can be. I just remember while I was in that phase, just figuring everything out. Cause like when you're coming out at 28, 27, you've I I don't know if you're the same way, but like I never dated before. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know you're like going through all these new experiences you're feeling emotions that you have never felt before and you've never had to process or like understand how, what it all means. So just have some patience and some like compassion for yourself as you're going through that, just to piggyback off of what you said, because I think that is really good advice. Um, You know, when you're in that phase of exploring and figuring it out and dating and like, you know, maybe even like hooking up with guys for the first time, like, you know, it is a absolute, whirlwind like life was I just remember that period of my life I just felt so out of like not out of control in the sense that like I was like doing like crazy things but I just felt so out of control because I didn't there was so much I didn't know and I was experiencing all of this stuff for the first time and I didn't really know how to react to it um And so I, I just remember feeling really frustrated with myself and like looking back I'm like no that you needed to go through you needed to go through these moments and like, you know, yeah. have that experience. And like, now it's like, I can look back and, you know, I, I understand more what was like going on and it's easier to, to make sense of it all. But when you're in it, it's like intense, so yeah, it's confusing, it's like, intense. And like all of that. You're emotional and you're just like, you don't know how to process it all. And I think going back to the idea of therapy and having resources to like get you through that, it's so important. I think like have someone you could talk to, have something to like, or some way to be able to just like, release all of that because otherwise it's going to like just make it a little more difficult for you and that's I think for me the biggest thing was like therapy and having friends lean on like made the messiness a little less messy but like it was Mm -hmm. it was definitely healing to be able to like do that and process and there's something about you know when two or more gather having that like conversation with someone that's like yeah like it, it diffuses your own fears when it's like not only in your own mind you know oh my gosh getting it out of your head so pivotal huge. It does. Even if it, even if you don't have a therapist, it can be an ally. It could be another queer person. It'd be like a girl, like your best friend, like just telling somebody it is huge. And also I, I don't know, I like randomly picked up journaling while I was like, right before I came out. So I was like journaling a lot and I have a lot of stuff written about around some of the pivotal times of my like pivotal points of my coming out. So like, that's another, that's another really good way to get it out, but like, you have to get it out. You cannot keep it in your head. You can't, you will. That's when I felt most like out of control and like, was when I had just kept everything in my head and I never like vocalized any of it. So yeah, I, I fully agree. Like, it, it festers and it's like there and it's heavy and it's weighing you down and you don't even realize it until you have one conversation. And you're like, Oh my God, I need to talk about that. I just love that you journaled though. And you have that to look back on to see where you were. I just like, imagine you sitting with like a candle, like a feather pan, like <laughs> <laughs> I got my, I got my quill and my ink uh-huh. <laughs> down on. You're like, let me look at it. Yeah. The voiceover for sure. Um, I love that. I'm telling you, Ames, I have like some really interesting art, like not articles. I have really interesting like entries in my journal from like the first, the morning after I hooked up with a guy for the first time or like kissed a guy for the first time. 
And then just all of these moments where I was, you know, when I like had these like, like dates or like these big, like these, I, I was like traveling at the time. So what would happen is I'd had like some, I'd be in a certain place. I'd meet somebody, spend a couple of days with them and like, you know, you have like a weekend or something. And then it felt very, it felt very intense. Um, and I, you know, it was, it was like the first time you're feeling um, like you're like your first, the first guy that you said you had an emotional connection with is like, those feelings are just like so powerful and can be so, overwhelming. Um, yeah. It's just one, like the first uh, one, is like, it's like, you're just like, it's like you're 17 again, like in a relationship for the first time or having like those feelings. And it's like, you're like, except you're like a grown adult and you're like trying to know yeah. what that looks like and feels like, but that's amazing that you have that journal. I feel yeah. like it's like where your mind was at probably after that first experience. It's, been, it's interesting to look back on. It's very interesting to look back on. Maybe I'll do a dramatic reading one day. Yeah. Can you please do for that? An episode? Yeah. yeah. We all yeah. like do that after. Of yeah. Like, I'll definitely, whole... I definitely need the snaps for sure. <laughs> I'll give you yeah. some snaps. For sure. Thank you. Well, Ames, thank you so much for uh, taking some time and sharing your coming out story with us and being vulnerable. It's super, super appreciated. Uh, if your story resonates with somebody or people just want to reach out and say, and say, hi, uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, just Instagram. That's like the main platform I use. And it's just my first and last name as my handle uh, at Ames Ghani. Cool. And so they shouldn't reach out to you on your YouTube channel or. No. Um, yeah, it's gonna, you're gonna have to do some deep searching for that one. You might, might not get back to you. I forgot the login. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, no, that should be like the reward. If you find the YouTube channel, then you, they can reach out. <laughs> it's like a quest. <laughs> they like win the lottery. There's some kind of prize attached to it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Ames, thank you so much. Uh, I'm really excited to share your story and I really appreciate you being on. I appreciate you having me. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If this week's episode resonated with you, please take a second to subscribe and leave a review. You can find Reaching Out with Michael Constable on Instagram and Twitter at Reaching Out Pod, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Michael Wings It. Bye bye, see you!